Hello, Scott here, and welcome to another episode of Other Record Labels, the art and culture of running an indie record label. Thanks so much for listening. Today is a great episode with the incredible record label Top Shelf Records. You've probably seen them around a lot. They're very active online. They have um, a great roster of artists. They're very prolific with their releases. They partner with other labels quite a lot. Um, they're a lot of fun to, to follow but also there are a lot of fun to talk to, which is what I got to do today is talk with Kevin. And I'm so excited for you to hear it. There's so many great nuggets in this episode. Um, and we, and we, we camp out on the subject of giving away free downloads on Bandcamp and giving away some of your albums for free. And we're going to expand on that a little bit next week. Um, but I think it's such a really cool topic. And he has some really, really great ideas and some arguments for it. So I want you to listen to that. And before we get into the episode, I want to remind you, if you haven't already, <clears throat> excuse me, check out uh, this free guide that we've put together. Basically, I have distilled um, a lot of the conversations and advice and wisdom from these labels over the past two years of interviews and put them into this free guide PDF that you can download for free on our website. Just go to otherrecordlabels.com and the link is right there. If you haven't already, make sure you check it out. Please also leave a review on iTunes. It does something spooky with the algorithms and it, it, it helps us reach more people. And and speaking of reaching more people, you can share this podcast on Instagram or Twitter or on Facebook. That's really helpful. Or just over coffee, tell other people in the industry about it. It's really, really helpful. Anyway, it's so great to, to finally get you on the show. I don't want to sound disingenuous because I do say this a lot, but this is very much true that like top shelf was always right up there in the in the top few labels um that i wanted to interview when i started this because i always have admired you guys from afar so it's so great to finally chat with you today and i apologize it's been so long no problem i mean on my end it's like the same same thing uh, i like uh the guests you've had on to this point and um but just i mean what it got me interested in general because like we touched on earlier when we kind of connected here to start i'm not a huge podcast person yeah, right. um, yeah, yeah. and so <laughs> but like i've i would say that yours is i mean i'm sure partly because you're interviewing you know it's something i care about yeah, um yeah. but uh and you're, you know, you're interviewing a lot of my peers and people I know personally and stuff. Right. So that's kind of cool to just hear like, what's their take on this? Or, mm -hmm. you know, what are they shooting the shit about? Mm -hmm. um, but just, you know, book by its cover kind of thing where uh, everything was presented and looks really well. So uh, oh, cool. looks really good. So it's just like, yeah, I'll give this a spin. And um, <laughs> yeah, um, I like the format of it. So oh, yeah, that's great. Basically for me, it's, I, I never worried about getting Kevin on the podcast because I knew that one day I would I would reach out and, and you guys weren't going anywhere. And I just thought it'll happen. And it's also a matter of like sending out 10 emails to 10 different amazing labels. And then the first person to get back to me, I'll book. And then, you know what I mean? And it's just like, and then some people will take a couple months to get back to me and whatever. So it's all it was only just a matter of time. Yeah, yeah, I wonder about that too, because um, there is sort of, of you know, for t running a label, you're you're going okay. We just picked up this new artist. We're going to put out this album, and it's 
you know, maybe February and that might not come out until fall or something or, you know, even later sometimes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I was curious what sort of not necessarily a backlog isn't the right word, but a queue. You well, know, that you, yeah, that you have on, on your end as well. Well, there is quite a there is quite a queue, but it's usually it's not like a not that there's more necessarily like episodes ahead of time. But to me, it's like I feel more comfortable if I can be working, you know, two to four months in advance so that I can stick to a release schedule. So if I want to do start in the fall and do every other week until Christmas, then I don't want to be like only have one episode in September and be scrambling because the reality is like the label owners, no disrespect, are are unreliable for getting back to me. And like we work on their timeline. So it's right now I actually have four in the bank plus this one. So I'm doing pretty well over the summer, but um, yeah, it's all over the place, really. I just take what I can get. Yeah. Okay. It's funny where y'all collectively complain about artists being flaky. Yeah. And well, we yeah. Are. Hey, that's a great point. <laughs> that's so funny because it's like the biggest thing is like we send to blogs and blogs ignore us and they don't get back to us. And it's like, come on, you know, mm -hmm. this poor guy over here. Um, no, I, I totally get it. And, and I start every email with like, sorry for the delay. That's every email I send starts off with sorry for the delay because I'm always like two weeks behind. Yeah. I mean, I started signing emails with just thanks slash sorry. I think I, yeah, I had that in my bio for a little while. Like yeah. just that, that's the ethos. That's the whole mentality Thank here. You just and sorry. <laughs> yeah, I should just be thank, thank you for your patience, comma, <laughs> whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, My and we don't resting is internet presence is just <laughs> I'm thankful and sorry simultaneously at all times. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we don't really align the episodes with um, like pro promoing a release. It's just not. It's not feasible. Like just with the backlog and with like scheduling things. Like if a label really wants to do it and they're able to uh, record an episode, then we can. I know that there's a label I'm talking to this summer who wants to try to do that, but it's, to me, it's more about the label. It's not really about the the music on this podcast. It's more about the individuals and their, their day to day and their, you know, it's not really like trying to pr promo anyone, one release. And I think that makes the, the episodes a little more evergreen as well. Yeah. I, 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 truthfully didn't have any um i didn't think we would be doing that today so that's totally <laughs> I guess, me. i guess i could run a little commercial at the end like <laughs> for each label <laughs> i let them record their own like you know fm radio style commercial yeah i'll sell you a car come yeah. on down <laughs> i noticed you guys do the Bandcamp subscription thing how's that going going we're regularly hovering around 50 subscribers. Oh my um, goodness. That's amazing. Yeah. It's just, it, it's, that part's cool. I'm the one thing I'm, I'm seeing though is like, it is really hard to, I, probably my biggest hurdle with it is like, okay, there's the core group of people. Um, Cause we started it and it, we pretty much jumped into like the thirties or forties. And it's basically for, I don't I feel like we've been doing it for like, maybe two years or something now. And it's always been within, you know, five people of 50. Okay. You know, Interesting. we never, we never bump higher than like 53, 54, 55 or so. And it never really falls lower than like 47, 48. Wow. And so that, um, 
you know, that it's nice that there's some, uh, uh, routine and regularity to it. Um, and you know, you can kind of just rely on, okay, we got these 50 people, but, um, I'm finding it hard to, you know, everyone's like Spotify, Spotify, Apple music. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we got these people here who like, without hearing anything, just already paid, bought and paid for your record next month. Like, what can we be doing for them? Um, mm. and it's, you know, it's, it's just 50 people, but I'm like, it's just 50 people that bought a digital asset, you know, like a digital, I don't know, like the writings on the wall, pretty much everywhere industry wide, like people aren't buying downloads. Right. And, um, on, and Bandcamp is a completely unique, um, it, it just uniquely booking that trend. Um, totally. it's cause there's, it's a place for music lovers not just listeners you know like people people go there to to it's like the you're you're crate digging of, yeah it's the crate yeah. digging of the internet right so um so what's the advantage for the fan for like um, what do they get right so i mean i'm trying to do things i'm trying to get artists we work with to open up a little bit and not everyone is comfortable with this so it's it's <laughs> yeah. um i'm like hey I've listened to your demos, the mixes, alternate versions of these songs, different, um, and little anecdotes, uh, you know, behind the scenes kind of things. Um, and you know, I think as a music listener, you know, when I remove myself from, um, the notion of like, I release music and just like how I think about it, Mm. um, and just as a listener, um, I try and focus on the things that I think would be interesting or intriguing to me. Yeah. And, um, certainly like, uh, knowing how a record came together or hearing a different version of a song and hearing, you know, being familiar and acclimated with the final version that gets released on, you know, streaming platforms. And, sure. And, yeah. And I, I love stuff. that kind of stuff. And then hearing, you know, its origins and like, whoa they removed this like really cool hook i wonder why and uh, or, you know yes or or just like wow seeing like you know all these backing vocals and harmonies that got added later or um okay so let me production change let me interrupt you so you you know that artists have all of this uh b-sides in the, on their hard drives and so you're advocating on behalf of the fans to these artists saying please release those and you're getting pushback not necessarily getting pushback, um, but I'm I'm finding like I gotta chase people like three, four, five times, and like <laughs> a lot of times I'll be like, you know, we'll start a you know a, a, an album campaign, and I'll say like, hey, here's some extracurricular ideas that I think we could do that could um, help move the needle a little, yes, and also yes. this Bandcamp subscription thing that we have. There's already 50 people that have already bought your record when it comes out because they're subscribed to our monthly thing, mm. so. Um, you know, and it's just eight bucks a month. Um, and so I'm like, let's throw them a bone, you know, cause yeah. it's like $400 or whatever, just boom in your pocket. Um, or, you know, towards recouping the expenses of the album, um, that we don't have to lift a finger for these people are down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, get, let's give them something more than just on the day of the release. Here's a digital download of the record. Um, I feel like, I mean, that is the bare minimum of what you would do for them, I guess. Right. So I'm thinking like, okay, they're here regardless. I mean, these are the people that are like down when we put out a hip hop record, down when we put out a math rock record, down when we put out uh, you know, pop album. Sure. Or something. So it's just, 
regardless of maybe where it aligns sonically for them, they're just, they've thrown their hat in here saying like, you know what, this is high quality for what it is. And it's better. It's for me, you know, like it's, it is, it's checking the boxes more often than it isn't. Mm. So, you know, I'll give them eight bucks a month or, you know, whatever. There's some Patreons that I subscribe to and sometimes I don't even open their posts or anything like for months. And uh-huh. I, it's more just like, I don't even consume what they're putting out there. I just want to, uh, you know, I'll throw $15 a month at some illustrators and, um, or, you know, people that I think are doing important work that, uh, just cause I want yeah. them to have support. That's great. Yeah. Um, and I think some people are doing, you know, maybe see that are doing that for us here. Um, yeah. which is cool. So, you know, I've, I've tried some things where, I think Bandcamp could open it up too. The the way you can post directly to subscribers is a little limiting. Um, right. I wondered, uh, like this when this came out, and and I tried it as well with our label. But I was hoping, uh, and I I experienced a little bit of the artists being precious with their their B sides as well. I mean, there was one track that was like this beautiful demo. And I asked this artist if I could include it on this little compilation, and he was like, "Well, you can hear the click cl- click track bleeding through the in the headphones." And I'm like, "That's beautiful. That's why I like it." And so he yeah. was like, "Yeah, it was a lot of that." But the uh, the issue that I had with it was some of the accounting side of things. I want to ask you a little bit about that. But my my just my thought on Bandcamp is, I wondered if they were really keen on it, you know, five years ago, and it was like a little beta thing that they were doing. But I don't feel like it's really been uh, fleshed out or, or or been developed any further. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing behind the scenes there. But I mean, I think they have some uh, a lot more. Um, there's potential. I mean, the way I use Bandcamp and thinking of that is in uh, juxtaposition to the way that I use like major streaming platforms sure. like Spotify or whatever. Yeah. An obvious difference is playlisting and the ability to kind of curate your own mixes or whatever. Mm. Um, so somewhere I feel like there's, I mean, I don't know if, uh, if there's, I mean, the, their licensing agreement, like when you sign up and upload your music, uh, the terms say, you know, you sign away the rights to collect royalties on uh, streaming revenue. Um, from streams on their service. Right. So like they can kind of do whatever they want. And it's kind of surprising to me that they haven't made some kind of mixed cloud esque, like mm. you can drag this into a new playlist and, you know, like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Create these things. I think it would just be rocket fuel for their platform. Cause there's already so much stuff. I mean, I guess maybe that's what SoundCloud is already anyway. And maybe they're just kind of like, and eh, there's already services doing that, but there's yeah. stuff that's, just on Bandcamp that like isn't anywhere else. It's true. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, and 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 I don't want I want to talk about you guys not too much of Bandcamp, but um I and and uh, one of the things I do love about Bandcamp kind of as a counter to what you're suggesting is I love that they've avoided the the feature creep that other apps have have always been plagued with and Bandcamp to me today looks the same as it did 10 years ago and I I really love that about them. Yeah, I mean, aside from like the editorial side, that's where I right, really see right. where I'm like, wow, you are taking this in a direction that I honestly wish other they're lead, they're leading in in a lot of uh, uh, the things that excite me the most because it's you know 
I think uh, I'd be down with sending more people to Spotify and Apple Music other than like, you know, that pays me. Um, but like authentically actually down if there was, you know, an editorial component as well. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I get that, you know, that's not their forte or whatever, but it's not like they don't have the manpower or, um, well, maybe they don't currently, but they should, I mean, they could. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you're right, you're <laughs> and right. And that's sort of just like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. I'm not, I, I feel like every time I open Apple Music, um, I cannot believe how inferior of a music listening experience it is just from oh, it's just so clumsy from going totally. from your phone to the desktop version totally. especially it's just like what is going on it takes here? so long to load today i was clicking the browse button to see what's new today and it just was just giving me a white screen on the desktop and i i actually i totally agree and and they were they were posting a little bit like i mean i guess they have the uh, zane low interviews but they're even hard to find and it just feels like you're everything's right everything's hard to find on you're there. right yeah. yeah it's so true what a what an opportunity wasted like it's it's sad i mean my understanding is it's still built on a lot of the original itunes code oh, I see. so they just need to like overhaul the whole thing oh sure and my guess is one day they're just going to like, in the same way they used to do iPhone drops or whatever, um, and drop new hardware. One day they'll just announce like a new, complete new, completely new rebranding of this and it'll be fine. But yeah. geez, like taking forever on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I totally whatever. agree. I'm glad you feel the same way. And and I'm a big fan of Apple. I, I, I want them to succeed. I want them to do better. It's just so surprising. It's just the same Disney soundtracks they're pumping to me every week. <laughs> uh, um, let, let's go back to Bandcamp because we all praise and glory to them. And I actually am interviewing Andrew, Andrew Jer, 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 Jarvis. Jervis. I'm going to cut that out. Holy. Anyway, I'm talking <laughs> with him to, uh, next week up a little bit. So for the podcast, but uh, I love I love what they do, and I love. Yeah, me too. I mean, I can't sing their praises enough. Absolutely. For for so long too, you know, um, talk to me about real quick and, I, and I'm not asking for any private information, but one of the things that I was, I found difficult with the subscription service on Bandcamp was the accounting side of things, uh, who gets the money, the monthly money. And, and if an artist comes out with a new album, but then also these fans are access the back catalog that can go back 10 years. How, how do you, how do you rectify all that? So, I mean, obviously there's no streaming revenue to be paid, but mm-hmm. as a subscriber, they get unfettered access to, you know, they can play anything they want that's uploaded on our account, you know, unlimited. Right, right. Um, you know, we've definitely weighed these things um, in terms of like, okay, well, now you're encouraging a user to listen on a platform for free, or not for free, but for, you know, like $8 a month, which essentially is, you know, a Spotify subscription. Yeah. oh, sure. Uh, um you know, but directly to you, um, uh, you know, you're taking, they're not listening on other platforms they're not sharing on other platforms. I, we just try and treat things as like platform agnostic as much as we can. I see. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm, when a new record comes out, I'm painstakingly telling people on social media to, uh, you know, just check out something everywhere, but like, you know, treating everything like its own little island and making sure I'm like telling people to go to title just as much as I'm telling them to go to Spotify, <laughs> regardless of like the market share of yeah. either platform there. Good for you. Um, yeah. It's annoying, but it's, um, <laughs> yeah. I, 
realize and see the importance of like a diverse marketplace for music. And I don't want to see this like future where we have so few options. So, you know, um, but yeah, when it comes to Bandcamp specifically, just, uh, streaming or, you know, they could, can listen to whatever. I don't think we have any limits on, you know, there's, can they download, can they actually download the MP3s or waves of old records? The subscribers, um, we rotate that out periodically. Oh, but okay. We, oh, that's we do a optional. Pretty good deal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, okay. That's good. There's a few things that we just, you know, we've talked to a few artists. And we're like, hey, if we include this as a free, are you down? Yeah. Um, for anyone that subscribes, um, and there's a few things, you know, there's a few artists that like maybe we know we have a, a release coming up for them in the next few months or something. I might swap in like a back catalog item for them. So that way that shows up in this person's oh, library. Oh. They're going to check it out like their last record. And so hopefully now they're like psyched on when the new one comes out. Um, okay. So, sorry, I'm misunderstanding this because when I did it, it was different. So on your thing, it says every album we release after you subscribe. So that doesn't necessarily mean they can instantly download the last 10 years of records. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, moving forward. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. See, and we okay, that's smart. what we want from back catalog. That's smart. Um, but we actually, I mean, I think we can, we give away like 20 something records from our back catalog. So it's pretty substantial. I mean, you give us $8 and the other thing is there's no check or balance to just going, uh, Oh, I can't stop you from just immediately unsubscribing now that I just gave you these yeah, 20 yeah. records from the back house. Yeah, so you it's true. Be giving that away for $8. But these aren't those type of people. No, I mean, we do see that sometimes okay. we'll put out a record and, you know, if it gets like, we just put out this midair thief record that got some traction. I definitely saw like a few people subscribe and then immediately I'm subscribed because they're like, well, I'm going to buy this record anyway. Interesting. Might as well just subscribe, get all these other things with right. it. And then, right. Then they unsubscribe. And so I'm like, well, okay. you're with us for a month. You get a bunch of stuff. I'm, what am I going to do? Yeah, uh, sure. I'm, I'm fine with it. And there's a 14 to 22 year old version of me that is definitely doing that too. Um, <laughs> and probably yeah. even worse, I'm just on Mediafire, you know? So, um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, you know, I regularly check in with like past versions of myself and go, dude, that's how you found all the music yeah, that you like. Yeah. And, <laughs> Let you them. know, so that's right. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not a, a music cop out here. So like I actually have been like pushing for free downloads for all of our entire catalog. Like all making our band oh. camp entirely one hundred percent free. Oh wow. And I don't see a point otherwise. I, I would I see way more value in making it like an email collection thing. Right. Um sure. And so if you give me your email, download whatever you want. And because we have like I don't even, we have an insurmountable amount of band. We've been on Bandcamp since like 2009 wow. or 2008 or something. Wow. Um, and so we just have thousands and thousands and thousands of, we have hundreds of thousands of free Bandcamp download codes right. and yes. we will never use them. Yeah. They're just, they just, they just keep going up higher and higher and higher. Yeah. And I'm like, what are we doing with these? What are like, is there a future where, you know, eventually I'm kind of having this internal question where I'm like, okay, people aren't buying digital downloads as much, you know, audio files are, you know, right. the, um, the lossless stuff, um, and to have control over their own digital library. I, you know, I have a hard drive on my desk where, you know, it's my 
all my music going back to like high school and college days and um probably need to back up that drive <laughs> but <laughs> um, it's uh you know there there are those people out there but like they're a minority in the grand scheme of like who's listening to music so right um i'm sort of is bandcamp immune to eventually also being a platform that starts to see you know a decline in people um downloading directly uh, or paying for a download right um and who knows i don't know so far it seems they are but um you know i'm sort of just thinking about the time and space that we're collectively in right now with like how people are there's no people aren't valuing a download of something especially when you know you go to a you know a record label's website to pre-order a record or something and it's like cassette eight dollars uh, LP, I don't know, eighteen dollars. CD, ten to twelve bucks or whatever. Yeah. And then the digital download is like nine ninety nine or something. It's like, yeah. well, why am I going to buy that? Totally. It's just, I, totally. <laughs> it's more than, yeah. <laughs> and it's just, like when you put it that way, it's sort of like you're literally just throwing your support behind something. Totally. Um, I feel the same way with uh, download codes in vinyl. I don't, I don't use them anymore because I've already on release day I add the record to Apple Music. And then I buy the the vinyl maybe a month later or a week later. So I don't, I, I keep the download code, but I never really go to the website and download it. Yeah, right. I know. Um, I have actually a pile. I've been meaning to do one of those, like take a picture of them and just post them. And, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have like a folder, a little envelope in my desk here of like, you know, <laughs> the last like 50 or so records I buy, I just slip out the download code and put in it. And I'm like, one day I'll just share these with somebody who might want them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but I don't, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Plus I probably, you know, I'm a lot of these records are, you know, me buying the record finally. Cause I downloaded Cause it illegally don't. like 10 years right, ago. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, so, and I, I think but, that's an interesting point about the downloads and, and going free. I mean, that's a, a really interesting thing, especially if, if a label starts to see a little bit of success from Spotify and from streaming platforms. And, uh, and so, I mean, Bandcamp's not going away. That's definitely the place to, for cassettes and vinyl. And, and I think there could be something to be said. I know for us, we don't see very much sales when it comes to uh, digital downloads on Bandcamp anymore. There's something that to be said about like making everything free and you might, but pay what you can. And so you might see yeah, a course. bit of a, yeah. an incline. If you want to give me money, I'll take That's it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And so you might see people rewarding you for that uh, customer loyalty. Yeah. I, you know, I've played out a lot of scenarios in my head and I'm sort of like, um, there's a gradual devaluing of a download. So why don't I just jump way in front of that and go, sure. Hey, all our downloads are free. Um, just give me your email address. And if you've signaled to me that like you, like you've gone out of your way to download an album from a band. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be the people who just go treat it like it's a Nickelodeon shopping spree and are just grabbing yeah. everything and yeah. throwing it to the cart. Um, but there's kind of, you know, that might be when we first announce it or something. And, and this is a whole hypothetical. Yeah, of course. Um, this is the first time I've even talked about that's this. Fine. In a way that's fine. Like, that's fine. Uh, it's now on um, an official. It's, it's yeah, now official. This is my platform. Our million uh, listeners are now going to your website. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this doesn't currently exist, but <laughs> Hopefully anyone on our roster, if anyone <laughs> listens to this that we work with, um, email me back because uh, I would like to do this. Um, <laughs> but, you know, having thousands and thousands of email addresses, um, you know, that you get from Bandcamp. Um, and that's sort of like the handshake agreement, you know, when the user goes to 
downloads and it's like, hey, you can download this, but you have to enter your email yeah. address. Yeah. And that's up front. That isn't like this secretive behind, you know, like uh, I'm going to, we're going to give the, your email to the label without you knowing. Sure. Um, but you a, know, and now you know that those people are fans of indie rock. I mean, if you are on topshelfrecords.bandcamp.com, you are a certain type of person. And that's, yeah, the, you're, what's yeah, that? That's sure. <laughs> I didn't mean that in a negative way. I just meant no, that, no, you know what I mean? It's uh, it's definitely uh, an email that you'd want to have for future releases. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, you know, you have these emails associated with specific artists and albums now. And um, yeah, you can take that and go and keep them updated when something new happens from those artists or when something sonically cut from a similar cloth yeah is oh sure on your yeah. release radar yeah. kind of like hey you downloaded this this record from doe i think you're gonna like this new field mouse record we have yeah. and and i feel like more often than not i'd be right and so you know and people might appreciate that and that's just i'm kind of in my idea of a record label in 2019 i'm i'm seeing it as a a uh a means to discovery more mm. than anything else. It's like a curating, uh, not everything might sound the same and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But the things that like I can turn you on to, you know, like a, a friend making a recommendation, like a smart recommendation based on your, on the taste that they already know that, that sure. you know, what you're already into. Sure. Yeah. Um, and not in like a weird big brother kind of way, but in just like a authentic, Hey, you, if you like these things, I think you're going to like these things. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, I'm not like a scoundrel, like trying to like shake you upside down and get money out of you here. <sighs> if you want it, go download it for free on our band camp. You yeah. Know, that's oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That's, that's my, um, I'm looking, I see like mindshare and the means to like, and kind of like you said, I think we would get a few people throwing us donations. It will they'll then eventually add it to their Spotify library or Apple Music library or whatever. And then you just get, you know, I see it as way more uh, uh, proactively growing an artist audience rather than um, now let's hold this all hostage and make sure that we have to sell these for like seven. You know, I think the Bandcamp recommended dollar amount is seven dollars. Right. Um, so let's say, you know, seven dollars. I even see that as just like too much to be paying for a digital file. It, that, and it seems pretty arbitrary. I think we all just wanted it, it to be a little bit less than a CD. So it, but it's kind of an arbitrary number. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it should be less than a physical product, right? But right. like I can get a cassette shipped to me, media mail, sometimes for like a few a couple dollars more than sure. with a download code in oh it sure yeah 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 that's right <laughs> for, for more than with buttons and stickers know, for like two dollars more than the actual digital download that's right so yeah, no, no. I know I know what you mean. It's interesting. Well, I'm going to keep an eye on you guys. And once you do it, maybe I'll do it as well. Or I'll wait a couple of weeks to see if you implode. But I think it's uh, <laughs> I think it's a great idea. And maybe even like dropping to an arbitrary number might be cool, too. Like one dollar or two dollars. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. But that's I really mean, cool. I just, you know, I wish a lot of times I'm kind of like, man, what a cool time to start a label. You know, because it is fully, I felt like it was pretty wild west when we were starting, you know. Like wait, 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 2020? You think right now is a, a good time to start a label? Is that what you're saying? I'm seeing a lot of people. I mean, you had Manny on here from Citrus City. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just, there. 
I don't think it's the most, it's, it's an interesting time. Sure. And, yeah. Um, but it is a, like, you can make your own fucking rules time. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. That's true. And if you can find an audience and just, uh, connect with them and, it, you know, and have that resonate, then, um, I think now there's the tools at your disposal to have something go from, you know, I mean, it took us 13 years to get where we are now. And I think if we had the same mindset and ethos and approach and we started, you know, now, I think we could have done a lot of the same stuff in like half the time. Um, just things are at a wilder pace yeah. and, you know, who knows? it gives you more opportunity to fall flat on your face too. Right. But, um, it's a, I think it's a cool time. There's just a lot of stuff at your disposal. It is a loud, staticky, like shouty. It's true. It's a, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Well, I found, and I think you might be right. And I think that what I've noticed, and maybe it's just from doing the show and talking with people is that. It's, there's obviously the upper class of major labels who can get whatever they want whenever they want, but then it feels like the the lower class and the middle class of record labels have all merged, and it's like I have just as good a chance of getting on a, a trendy Spotify playlist as you know, say maybe like Merge or or something like that. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I I feel yeah. like. The, the the playing field has been leveled a little bit um, because the whole editorial world of Spotify is fairly unknown to all, to all of us. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone knows how they are pulling the levers and making decisions and whatnot back, mm -hmm. then. and maybe they don't even. I don't know. Maybe. It feels like a very <laughs> arbitrary process on the human side, and then on the you know in terms of like. I don't have a lot of good things to say really about yeah, yeah, no, I, <laughs> the, the human editorial side of things at Spotify. I think it's atrocious. Um, and, but, uh, you know, the algorithmic based stuff, I actually am starting to warm up to because sure. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to an artist page, I'm clicking on the similar artist and I'm going, you know what that is, you know, there are occasionally yeah. some things where it's like, yeah, those artists toured together, but they're not like sonically similar at all, but it is, an accurate assessment of what fans of each band are listening to. Um, so I don't think they're doing the best job in terms of human beings knowing that this, that a sounds like B okay. they're more going yeah. like, uh, the algorithm has noticed a correlation between a and C. And, <laughs> um, so we're going to just list that instead. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. I went for a walk the other day and put on a jazz, playlist that was recommended to me and it was early in the morning and I was like okay I'm gonna put this on but the minute it gets weird I'm gonna shut it off and it was really peaceful and it was like three or four songs in and I was like great job like whoever's doing this like whatever computer is a software is doing <laughs> yeah, this, this isn't is... it whoever okay. <laughs> <laughs> great job <laughs> but like if you go to something much more and this is why I think you know Bandcamp having artist radio or some kind mm -hmm. of algorithmic mm -hmm. next to it. I feel like they would just handle it so much smarter because so much of their stuff is a lot more niche with smaller audiences. Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, they, they make recommendations at the bottom of the pages. Um, on, yeah. which is cool because it ties in like editorial features that right. are relevant to right. that genre or artist. Um, but, you know, there's just not a large enough sampling pool for a lot of these artists on these major streaming platforms and they don't fucking give a fuck. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> you go to their pages and it's just like, it's like none of these recommendations make sense. None right. of it. 
I mean, I still use Last FM for that for a lot of things. Oh, it's, wow. You know, people are people are still there, but you know, even me, I still scrabble every day. I just good for you. I don't, How long have you been I, doing that for? Uh, since 2006. Oh wow! So you have some pretty good data there. Yeah. It, <laughs> you should tweet out your most played song of the past 15 uh, years. It's, it's something emo as hell. It's, <laughs> well, it's probably actually like Elliot Smith or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would guess it's Bonnie Bear or Elliot Smith. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, uh, or Mariah oh, Carey's she, Christmas song. Uh, she's up there, definitely. <laughs> uh, I love 80s and 90s like pop divas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting that, well, you know what, let's not go down that path. Hey, I want to ask you about, um, I want to ask you about something else. You know, when we're talking about this band camp thing, I'm curious if over the years, and we've been kind of going in this direction, so it's a little bit on topic, but I've wondered if you found more revenue streams other than just records. And, and we've talked about the subscription, but what should labels be doing to find other sources of income? Because, you know, we've talked a little bit about this, this Bandcamp thing and Patreon might be a thing because some people just want to support the label. But have you, have you been looking for other ways other than just the record? Um, yes, but mostly I'm taking that mindset and going, okay, it's free to get people to care. It's just really hard and you have to do a lot of work. So mm. time is money, I guess, in that sense. I see. Um, but so I'm taking the approach of like, um, you know, you mentioned you're not putting download codes in your physicals anymore, but I'm putting Bandcamp download codes in mine. Oh, cool. Um, and because in our press sends, we're sending out Bandcamp download codes. I, I mean, like I told you, I have this I'm huge stockpile sure. of these freaking yeah, codes. Yeah. So we just, you know, I'm like, okay, I need a thousand codes for this thing. I share them for free online. I just see the value of you go to a search page or you go to a, a, a user's collection, you know, like a, someone's profile and you see their collection or you go to yeah. a label or whatever. Yeah. You go see who they're following or what's in their collection and our stuff is in there because I've at this point, I've just seeded the world with thousands and thousands and thousands, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of these Bandcamp download codes. And eventually, you know, they're going to get out there and people are going to use them. And then, you know, that's going to create its own traction in that like, okay, people start, there is something to be said for just, okay, I've seen this album cover like in three or four collections, I'm going to listen to it. And if it's not your thing, that's fine. But like, if it hits, it's like, boom, there's a new fan. And that was pretty low effort. Mm, um, good point. That's great. Yeah, I like that idea. So, the, I mean, you must, this podcast is, uh, I mean, I, I listen to it and I get a lot, there's a lot of things where I'm like, right, cool. I like that. Yeah. So <laughs> you just get everyone's good ideas. Hey, listen, listen, don't, I'm, I, don't ruin my, uh, my cover here. Okay. This is. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's the whole idea. Listen, you guys, I've been following you on Twitter for a long time and there were these, there's this community and there's these, these labels. I feel like they just figured out something that I was missing. And I just thought, uh, I could either just sit at home and cry or I'll just call them on the phone and ask them in person <laughs> and, uh, it worked. So, but no, that's a good point. I like that. It's a good idea to get the, uh, to get the albums out there. And I've done that too. You're right, actually. I mean, seeing that uh, album cover in people's collection, it just kind of, it's like a, a bit of brand awareness. 
Mm-hmm. And if you can also, you know, there's a lot of music writers that are on Bandcamp that have their own collections on there and they have a lot of followers. So it's like on the off chance that you can actually get them to check out and download a record and include it in their collection. You know, that's a great look, too. If like someone at NPR or whatever has a record of yours in their Bandcamp collection, it's not exactly like a ringing endorsement or a review or anything, but it is like a look. And, yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, and yeah. One more thing to add to this concept of free downloads, even though in our minds the download has been devalued, but there was a label, um, Painted Blonde, who actually, and and they sent me a tape just a couple days ago. And in the tape, they included three Bandcamp download codes for three of their other releases. And even though I could get those albums anytime that I wanted on Apple Music or Spotify and add it to my library for free, for some reason, they sent me these little pieces of paper and I went to, you know, paintedblonde.com slash yum and entered it in and downloaded it and added it to my iTunes. And yeah. I listened to those records like two or three times each in the past week. There was something really intimate about being gifted that download code. Yeah. And it, isn't it funny that that's just, you know, in a lot of ways you step back and analyze that and it's like, that's like the lowest barrier to entry to something. I'm just going like, Hey, uh, here's this, do what you want with it. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it's, it is just like a, a human being took the time to do this for another human being, which is, yes. uh, becoming such a rarity. So, so like when it does happen, you're like, right, cool. Um, and I actually, it's funny you bring that up because I was, you know, we have a couple new records out this summer that I think we have larger audiences for with previous releases. Mm. And I've been thinking like, um, or sorry, reverse rather, um, the opposite of that. Okay. And so, you know, some back catalog stuff that I think didn't get a lot of shine or love and is sure. maybe a little under the radar as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I have these like newer titles that I'm like, okay, we already have like, you know, X many pre-orders for this. Why don't we print up a like personalized or not personalized, but like a postcard that just is, you know, some thoughts um, like, thanks for buying the record. Here's, you know, two, three download codes for, other records that we think because oh, you, bought, yeah. you bought this one, you're going to like these and it's extra work for sure. And you know, if you're getting these made professionally and they're shrink wrapped and stuff, it's like a few extra cents mm-hmm. probably each to get them inserted. But it's like, what is the return on Spotify ads? What is the return on social media ads? What, you know, that you're paying hundreds of dollars sure. for oh, sure. hundreds of dollars to insert these things and have them go directly to fan. That's the kind of advertising money and marketing money that I'm trying to put into our label. Not, you won't really see us advertise too much. I, I advertise in like two print publications at all anymore. Right. Um, and as soon as I stopped, it was like, Oh, we don't get reviewed or featured or anything. In any oh, of these publications I know. Anymore. I know. Yeah. I've heard, I've seen that before. Yeah. Um, they, well, I think that there's something so cool about what you're suggesting is this little postcard in the insert. People will download that. They'll feel so uh, indebted to you uh, just because you've given them something for free. And it's happened to me. And I just feel like, oh, that's so nice. And it feels like such a personal gesture. I think it's a great idea. Well, not even just something, you know, just a uh, uh, something catered to the to the best I can, you know, without mm. ever meeting you or whatever, yeah. just like going, Oh yeah, hey, that's right. All I know is you bought this record. So if I were talking to a friend, I was like, Oh, you like this record? 
here's another another one or another two that I think you might like. Okay. And you know that that uh, it's the same same ethos, and you know it's come from like the the so, same mentality that you were just talking about, and because. Yeah, I mean, it might go in that like like I have my download code envelope in my desk and just rot there. Sure. But it also, even if a you know uh, a small percentage of those people do go and check it out, that's that's really cool to me. So another cool thing uh, might be, and this is actually what I thought you were going to say, was like in when you ship someone a record, is to give them like three coupons codes or um, download codes for that record to share with friends. I thought, oh, yeah. I, I thought you were going in cool. that direction. No, that is a cool idea too, though. In a sense, we kind of do that because we give a physical download code in all our records and we also deliver instantly a digital email right. version. Right. So I, you do I, get to. Yeah. I've given away most of my, my download codes that come in, uh, in vinyl. Uh, I've given away to like one or two specific buddies just to convince them that it's a good record. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me, okay, so enough for this. I love that this whole conversation is like, hmm, let's <laughs> talk about the long form devaluation of music. <laughs> okay, well, listen, enough with the cold open. Let's go back to the beginning. Can you tell me how this all began and, and, and your role in the label? I'm, I'm, I'm really curious. Let's go right back to the beginning. Okay. Um, like not too far back, like when you started the label. Yeah, right. So, so um, I met um, Seth, my uh, you know, the, who started the label with me. Um, mm -hmm. And I want to say like 2004, maybe okay. 2005. Okay. Um, no, 2005. Um, sounds right. Mm -hmm. um, we briefly played in a band together. Um, didn't really like come together it was like fizzling out and never really like did anything yeah. and but we both recognized like hey you're and he played in some other bands locally and we grew up and we lived in we were in western massachusetts at the time okay um and that's where the label got its start and everything um but i remember we kept seeing each he was putting on a lot of local shows um seth was really active in um local music um for a while mm -hmm. um and i was trying to be too uh we would put on shows i would do a lot of like house shows and he would do a lot of stuff at like, vfw halls and um some local bars and just really any spaces that we could sure. get stuff into um and we started doing like a uh well we we put out a rec. We met like I think the the Warped Tour date of the Massachusetts date of Warped Tour in like 2005. Oh. I think is when we met. Okay, and we just started talking about instantly, just like because we had a few mutual friends who were kind of saying like, "Yeah, you two would hit it off or whatever." Um, and we met, and we just I don't think we stopped talking the whole time. We were just, oh nice. And there's all this blaring bullshit music going on around us, <laughs> and we're just like in the middle of I think it's like a horse racing track yeah. or yeah, something yeah. where they have been, and uh, we're just yep standing there in the mud, just like yeah. So we should sort of label whatever. We don't even know what that <laughs> means or anything. But at the time, we were thinking like, okay, we have some friends bands that we think are that are are pretty cool, and there's just a lot going on locally in music. And, you know, we could get behind this stuff and kind of potentially get it beyond the confines of Western Massachusetts um, was like 
really our only thinking at the time, just Mm -hmm. kind of like helping our friends make music or making it easier for them to do that. Um, And we had some inspiration at the time. There was this really cool label called Kill Normal Records out of like New Haven and Western Mass at the time. And I was really inspired by what they were doing. Um, And I really enjoyed uh, Said So recordings as well. Um, There's Clean Plate in Western Mass, like doing a lot more uh, like like heavier music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would go to like a, a decent amount of show. I didn't have a car till way too late. And all those shows were everything they were doing was always kind of like in the suburbs of where I grew up. So okay. I couldn't like get out to their shows a lot, but I would, you know, lurk message boards and stuff and just like, yeah, keep tabs. And so the drawing inspiration from a lot of that stuff, but also like polyvinyl and epitaph and bigger labels like that, just sure. kind of seeing like, and at the time you just like don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. So, right. <laughs> And I don't think I th- thought I knew everything, but I definitely thought I knew like a lot more than I did. Um, so to think of that now is it, it was just an entirely different landscape. Yeah. But, you know, we met, we started, we, we um, used Seth's parents garage as a starting point. And um, eventually he, uh, his, his parents were cool about like sometimes just bought, you know, hundreds of boxes of stuff being all over the place right. and as it started to grow is like the cardboard box kingdom and his dad is a i think like a semi-pro bass fisherman or something and so he's got like these boats <laughs> and trucks and all this stuff he's like i want my garage you know yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but we oh, had just filled it with cardboard um and then eventually seth took an internship at bridge nine records um in east you know in boston area um, so that made it a little weirder because we were now across the state. I mean, it's a small state, but yeah. like I didn't have a car and I was living in had he, Western Mass. Had he given up on the, on your label or was he going there for like, no, re- it was recon. More like Hey, I'm going to learn yeah. more about yeah. this. And, That's you know, awesome. And he eventually got hired full time there, but they knew he was doing the top shelf thing in the side. And I think at the time it was kind of like, Oh, that's cute. You can yeah. Keep doing that. <laughs> And then it started to get like more and more serious. We started to have some titles that like caught on. And then it kind of went from, okay, rather than just releasing anything that are, because the early catalog is like all very all over the, all over the place. And it's just like us kind of going like, yeah, these people are making music locally here. Let's, um, let's, it was like, irregardless to any, there, there wasn't a lot of, curation or yep. thought to yeah, I get um, it. Sure. like a guiding like these this is the sound that we're going for here it was more just like hell yeah you yeah. know like let's draw the some support behind these things and it seems like it would go well so cool let's do it um and then i think he and i uh had like a little bit not like a falling out but like i just got i wanted it to be more of like what i thought a record label should be with like a little bit more of like, you know, what I just touched on with um, thought and curation and careful curation to what we were doing. And at the time I started, I was getting really into the um, like uh, Lehigh Valley, Philly, uh, everything going on in like tri-state area with like indie punk, noodly emo stuff. Okay. Um, Algernon Cadwalder and, and what have you. Um, everything that they were kind of spearheading. Um, and just really, to me, that was like, you know, I'm probably somewhere, you know, I'm early twenties and I'm just so hyped on this. Cause it's mm-hmm. a sound that 
sounds like all my favorite bands that I never got to see because they're all broken up now. Right. And here's here's these bands making, in my opinion, music that sounds even like more refreshing and cooler than what those bands were doing. Right. And so, you know, I, I was like, I want to I want to be a part of this. I really do. Um, this is so exciting to me. And um, we had a little bit of a falling out over just like how that looked because I just wanted to dive into that. And I eventually just like uh, finished school. I got laid off from my job and I just went to Costa Rica to learn English. And I just like, at that point was like, I'm done with the record label. And when I came back, like, or did I say to learn English? Yeah, to teach English? I was just going to let it go. I was going to let it go. Because I, I, I thought you're doing really great. <laughs> Your English is awesome, man. <laughs> And I know those folks from yeah. New England have a hard time. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. So you're teaching English. Okay. Yeah. Learning like TEFL, uh, sure. ASL stuff. And, um, I was thinking like, yeah, I'm going to like start traveling the world and do that and focus on like being, I kind of have a background as like a self-taught front end developer. And okay. so I was like, all right, I'm going to lean into like programming stuff and really, um, focus on that and just kind of freelance that and teach English around the world. Mm -hmm. And I'm done with music and <laughs> that obviously yeah. didn't happen. So how did you come back? <laughs> I just couldn't get rid of like that itch. I right. always, I kept hearing new things. I kept being excited about music in a way that I wasn't about frankly, web development yeah, or, yeah. um, you know, there, there are aspects of it that are still exciting to me. And what's really exciting to me is the convergence of creating online experiences and web development and music. Right. Um, but that's like a whole other thing. Um, so yeah, I came back, Seth and I had got dinner and we were talking and it was just sort of like, yeah, dude, uh, we kind of realized like, damn, I can't do this without you. You can't do this without <laughs> me. And, um, cause we are two like very right brain, left brain and one cohesive whole when it comes to like running this thing. So yeah, he, uh, we kind of just realized like, okay, um, we, let's get back on the horse and let's, what are, what are a few things that, you know, we would like to do. And coming out of that, I think we put out like a few marquee releases that kind of set us in a direction for a while. And it was like Defeater, My Art to Joy, Pianos Become the Teeth, Rooftops, Big Kids, Viewer Skeletons, Grown Ups, like all mm -hmm. these bands that were just like, uh, the, the My Art to Joy, I don't really know if I've listened to, but when I saw that album cover, I was like, man, that I that, that looks really familiar. So that must have been a part of my life or my circle of friends at some point. And I don't remember, but it's really it's familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's totally familiar. But I don't know, it, it, it was really exciting to me around that time because I just felt like... Um, this is maybe overused, but there was like a youthful energy to just all of that going on. There was a, who even cares? This is just really fun. And, mm -hmm. um, but there was also like a lot of, I think we've kind of dove way too deep into that. Cause you're just, you don't realize it in a moment. And then all of a sudden you've painted yourself in a corner and it's like, Oh, well that's what everyone now expects from this record label. And if you deviate from that, then, you know, people aren't going to be down. Um, and so it's been a very long, not necessarily concerted effort, but it's been, I've been mindfully trying to like 
steer us back in a direction where I feel like we can do whatever we want. Oh, it's really? Like what I touched on. One of my favorite labels is Polyvinyl, and what, yes. what I've always really admired about them is like you know, the same lab- label that like puts out Dira and Shushu and of Montreal is also putting out like Jeff Rosenstock and uh, you know and like yeah. shit like Kiro Carbonito, and so it's just they've always been like. Uh, you know, the, you got your the meat of shit like Japan droids and stuff. We we're just gonna get sick indie rock records, really loud. And um, but they're also gonna be, you know, you're gonna get like great little indie pop gems throughout there. Like Headlights is like one of my favorite bands, and that you know, I, there's there's a lot of uh, I've always kind of admired their ability to just uh, kind of do whatever and. You know, when I look back at what we've done over time, I, uh, I'm not measuring what we're doing against anything else, but I do kind of hang my hat a little on like the same label that can put out like a, a you know, Dangerous record or Defeater record is also putting out like really radio friendly pop stuff like Wild Ones or whatever. And then everything in between. Because, you know, our yeah. music taste in general is like more multifaceted than that. So and uh, so, so you're you're against you, you don't believe that it's it's a good idea to have a, like a cohesive sound for a label. No, I think it's a great idea. I think it's oh, really smart. But you're but you're. <laughs> oh, okay. It's just not for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think it's probably <laughs> a more viable idea, uh, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but you can have a cohesive. Uh, <laughs> it's the same reason, like a lot of labels, imprint labels. Yes, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you can yeah, you for a sure you can have a uh, a cohesive aesthetic without necessarily having a cohesive sound. Yeah, which I yeah, think I you mean, have that's nailed it. Yeah, that's 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 what I think. I mean, it, it's essentially in the most egotistical way I can say it. It's an extension of. Uh, our music taste. Yeah, it's literally sure, just the stuff sure. we like and it's going, hey, I think you should like this too. Um, and what a beautiful thing. And I think we've talked about this with other people, but you know that moment when you're in the mall or you're at a show and you see somebody wearing a band t-shirt of a band that nobody else knows, but you know, and you just know that you will be able to connect with that person and that you two could be friends. And I think there's that, that same thing is happening on a label. And when somebody posts a picture of a vinyl, it has really cool artwork. And I listened to five seconds of the sound and I'm like, I'm definitely going to love this. And then you just <laughs> become like a, a fan of that label. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually have met a few people that way and I'm still friends with them to this day. Just like a chance encounter of seeing um, what's written or the artwork on a t-shirt. Yeah, and I know. It's great. I have yeah. a, I have a, like a, uh, what do you call it? Like a quarter inch button or not a quarter inch, like a one inch button on my backpack and of like a couple labels. And I'm like, man, I hope one day somebody sees me at the park with my kids and they're like, Hey, you know that label? I think that's, that's cool going to be great. Yeah. Cool dad. <laughs> that's the dream. I just keep trying to flash the backpack to anybody who will look at well, it. You're bold. I can't put them on my backpack. I just, they don't last two, three weeks. Oh, uh, they, always, oh. they pop off. And then I just got the metal, you know, yeah. <laughs> the, the pen frame. Just I, it's, uh, sometimes I'll just 
and sometimes you just hear it fall off. You're like, well, that's gone. Um, you know what? It, yeah, I think it's. Uh, listen, after the pod, I'll do a little bit of like a backpack tutorial for you, and just kind of okay. maybe figure <laughs> yeah, out what you're doing. I'll diagnose what you're doing wrong. <laughs> uh, I'm just bleeding buttons over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're one of those labels that seem open and approachable online, and and, and just the way you interact with other labels, uh, or at least it seems like you do from an outsider's perspective, but how has the greater label uh, community been helpful to you? Cause you obviously don't see them as competition. No, I mean, I think we've done like 20 something co-releases with other labels in our catalog, mm. maybe more than that. Right. Um, right. So, and I'm always encouraging that. Uh, we have a couple more coming out later this year, actually. That's a, that's a cool thing. Yeah. I mean, it's just sort of a, uh, what could <laughs> I mean I don't see any downsides to it I mean it complicates things a little bit sure um, and it you know maybe there's I think if you approach it just up front and make it very clear that like hey uh, there's no like pride or, or ego um, I'm setting all of that aside and we're gonna all collectively focus on how to make this go as well and uh, in a fair way for everyone's time and energy and efforts and like let's talk about what is going to be the smartest thing to do. And in some cases that means like top shelf, top shelf infrastructure, like handles the workload of, of a lot of what happens. But in other instances, I recognize when I'm working with a label that is going to be better at something than me. And I don't want to be doing it at that point. Mm. I think they should be. Um, That's cool. Or, you know, down to like, Hey, we got this music video where, sh where should it go, you know, with two labels and an artist? And I'm like, we'll put it on the artist page. But also, you know, if, you know, we work with, we've done split releases with labels that are substantially bigger than us. And it's mm. like, well, it should, I don't, even though I paid for half of it, like I don't yeah, think I yeah. should be having it on my channel. It's that's beautiful. Thousands more followers. It's, you just need to approach things with a, a, what is going to be, the best end result, uh, and let's go from there. Right. Um, right. so it, it requires, um, I think, yeah, at first I don't think we were great at it. Cause it was like, Hey, we've got to make sure that we're like, if this is happening, we should be doing it or whatever. And it's like, mm, now I just kind of want it to go well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, <laughs> so, it, yeah, I mean, I guess it can, it can go really bad. I mean, I guess it's probably like a, um, uh, it's kind of like a, a divorce maybe. I don't know if that's a good analogy, but anyway, like I guess it could go well or, or, or everyone could just um, think about the benefit of the band and, and what's best for the band. And it could go really well. Yeah. I mean, in, at the end of the day, you have now multiple entities advocating for your music and for your art. And uh, as an artist, you know, that's never a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That is cool. I, I didn't know that, um, that I, I actually have heard of that, that you guys did that. Was Wild Ones one of those with party damage or was that just all you guys? That was kind of, um, with party damage, it was, uh, we're, we're friendly with them, but it wasn't like a co-release kind of thing. It okay. was like a, hey, um, uh, we basically picked up the band for yeah. like future material. Right, right, right. And then um, it, had an, it had been put out on vinyl, but yeah, we just wanted to, 
give it, you know, it's 2013 or so. So I'm not like, yeah, super no, no, fresh no, 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 that's cool. I, I just, nuance of that conversation. yeah, yeah. I just, I think we talked, I remember with, we had a conversation with them, yeah. but it wasn't like a co-release thing. It was oh, like, okay, a, cool. but a, I've um, seen, I've seen you guys do other, other co-releases before. And I, it's something I've never even talked about on the podcast. So it's kind of, it's kind of a cool thing. And I mean, is it just like a case by case basis? Is it something you try to do annually or definitely not trying to, yeah. but not trying not to either. It's yeah. sort of just a, I don't I, You get a general sense of who's into something or, you know, if, if, if I find an artist and I'm like, Oh, I see uh so-and-so at this label has liked a lot of their stuff or whatever. I'm not even adverse to just going and reaching out to them and saying like, Hey, we should partner up and, and, and do this. Yeah. You know, it, um, they don't have this record out, you know, via like an actual, you know, it's not distributed. They don't have a physical component to this album or whatever, you know, and you're clearly a fan or whatever. Like I just did that the other day. I can't say what it is, but sure. you know, I, I reached out to someone about something that just, like you touched on earlier, like just a few seconds in, I'm like, I'm floored by this. And, you know, then you listen through the whole album. And I'm like, wow, cool. <laughs> I'm really psyched on this. And I also noticed that, you know, this other label is really seeming to also be into it. And, you know, sometimes it's a, oh yeah, yeah. We, uh, we haven't announced, but it's like, sometimes there's a, a co-collaborative sort of mindset where everyone's, um, down to make that happen. And that's yeah. kind of, that's cool. That's exciting to me. It's a great way to meet people and learn yeah, other that's things. Right, eh? Um, you, you learn a lot about how other people do stuff and it informs your own processes. Um, yeah, I, that, that aspect's cool. I think it's something, uh, I would love to try. And, uh, you know, I've had, I've had a couple, there's a couple records. Uh, I don't know if I have the lead time anymore, but there's a couple records like in the oven that I feel are kind of like a little quirkier than uh we've done in the past and something i feel like maybe somebody in america or europe would would want to partner with and i it's a really interesting thing because i think anything that you have to sacrifice whether that's control or that's revenue i think is worth it in exchange for that networking and for meeting new fans and meeting new people and like you said learning new techniques i think it's a it's a win-win yeah, I, we're in a place now. I mean, that goes back to like the Bandcamp download thing and, you know, just giving people being people don't feel like they should have to pay for stuff up front anymore. Right. And I'm included in that. You yeah, know, I, there's, sure. um, I think people in general are they're still feeling the um, the after effects of just being price gouged on like <laughs> CDs and stuff in the 90s and early 2000s yeah. and um, majors just trying to milk every penny out of people that they could for records that usually just had like a track or two that you really cared about or wanted. Um, for the longest time, like growing up when I was a kid, like my entire music collection was just like cassette singles and hmm. CD singles. It was like, no, I like the song. Wow. Yeah, those little skinny, <laughs> the skinny CDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good. That is a good point. And I, but the cool, the cool flip side of that is that the these same people who are jaded, they're also like they want to give money by choice. And so when they find a label or an artist or a visual artist that they love, then they're going to give more than what is required. Yeah, right. And I mean, people in general, myself included, I think there's just. Uh, a pre 
appreciating and seeing value in authenticity and, you know, things that are coming from, you know, like anything that's giving you some sort of human connection and like mm-hmm. sense of, yeah. uh, okay, this, this is something meaningful. This took time, this took energy and effort and, you know, it's worthwhile. So, I mean, that's why I don't think physical media will ever, I mean, the distribution channels that, uh, that are in place, the, the means of, um, you know, getting it out there and the scale of it might over time get dwarfed. I mean, it is dwarfed by the streaming, but like even more so, um, I don't think it'll ever fully ever disappear because there's always going to be room for, you know, human connection and people making something and people wanting to experience something that somebody else took time and energy and effort to make more than something more tangible. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, that's um, true. Uh, design seems pretty important to you guys. Uh, you can see it in the details. Everything looks really intentional and really well put together. How much thought goes into that stuff for you guys? Uh, a lot when I have time. Yeah. <laughs> um, if, if I was doing this, if we were doing a little bit better and, you know, had the means, I would say, I would probably hire on someone else to take on like the bulk of my responsibilities. And then I would just be full time, just making, uh, I would just be designing stuff. Oh, awesome. And kind of what I touched on a little bit earlier, but like the intersection of web design development, um, and music and discovery. I think those crossroads are really fucking interesting right now. Agreed. And I think some of that stems from, you know, early days spending so much time on last FM, spending so much time like digging through Bandcamp and realizing like there's all these different pathways that you can um, get into a new or air quote, like new <laughs> to yeah. you artist. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that I don't think, streaming platforms are prioritizing at all. I mean, they're sitting on the entire digital recorded history of music and all we push is like the very front facing tip of the iceberg above the the, yeah, the sea level yeah. of That's what's true. new. And um but there's so much out there that like would be new to you, would you would be excited by it, but it came out maybe 3 plus years ago. Right. Um and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. And in a lot of cases that artist is still going and has new music and now you can catch up in time and be a fan of them actively and go see them, you know? So I'm really intrigued and interested by like ways to kind of connect those dots. Cause I see that as like a huge shortcoming in the broader music landscape in general right now. Mm. Um, but that's, you know, that's a challenging thing to begin with. Um, because so, it's not very sexy, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is, check out this old thing. Like, old is never a good word, and like, no, it's uh, true. I know what getting you mean. people to click. <laughs> yeah. So, so with design, what, what, what aspects of the? And, and I totally love what you're saying about like all the different intersections that running a, a label is. And for me, that's what excites me. Even the the times when I have to work in video or some of the things, even the accounting side or the spreadsheets. There, there are little moments that are kind of fun to to do once a year. But I, I love. I love a lot of the aspects. What kind of design uh, gets you really uh, feeling creative and fired up? Like, like what uh, designing for vinyl or album covers or the website? Um, I, what I really like, I like 
enjoy I really enjoy designing for print media. Right. It, there's a fixed sure. There's a fixed element to it. Um, but what's way more fun to me is designing for uh, people's screens because okay. you just never know how big or small it is. You never know. That's you weird. Just, I don't know. think anybody would say they enjoy that. <laughs> no, I really so enjoy unpredictable. It there's just right, right. But that's kind of a lot of the approach I've been taking lately is going like this is unpredictable, yeah. and I'm designing things that like if you look at it on your phone, you're going to experience one thing. If you look at it on a desktop, you're going to experience a wildly different thing. And they're almost like the evolution of like a Pokemon or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, yeah, yeah. One of them's like a little Bulbasaur and the other one's like, damn, this turns into, you know, it's a, this is, I got a Venusaur over here on the, on the desktop version. Um, you have kids. So I'm hoping you get that reference. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> but there's a, I think it's cool to kind of, um, yeah, design uh, in a way that is like visually stimulating, mm -hmm. but also like communicates a cohesion to air quote brand or whatever. Right, right. Um, and, you know, like you said, like not being necessarily sonically similar, but, you know, I think in design, you're kind of um, showing that, hey, all these things are uh, coming from this same entity and you know there's that initial correlation but it i'm just trying to design a, something i'm redoing our website right now so a lot of what i'm talking about is um with this in mind and so maybe um as i deep dive into this more and actually have to start building the freaking thing uh, i will <laughs> you know i hate designing for the screen well, but uh yeah what's interesting it, is like i do think that there is a consistency across all of the different um you know, marketing visuals digitally that you guys do. I've seen that, but you also take liberties with the brand, which I think is kind of cool. Like you, you have your logo, but you, you've done your logo in, in, in a few different ways. And I, that's like kind of against the rules, but it's refreshing. I actually, yeah. The other day I was thinking, I think I'm going to start hand drawing the logo for every release. So it's just slightly different oh. every time. Oh, Damn. And, <laughs> so I, That's you know, great. just things like that. I was like, why does it have to be if it's a recognizable enough sure. shape? Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, all the logo is is a scan of me hand drawing a logo to begin with. Okay. So I'm just like, why? I could just keep doing that every time, and it's just a different little variation on the speech bubble. Yeah. Um, and in 50 years from now, people will be collecting them. They'll be like, which which one did you have? Did you have it when he had arthritis? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have one of those? Like next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After. Yeah. Oh, You're talking one per release, not one, not like every, like not like a thousand versions per release, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Just one, one. Per, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Didn't think about that. Well, that's a great yeah, idea. Yeah. You've got a lot of great ideas. Are you sure you want to share them with the public like this? Yeah. I love it. Let's do, thank you. By the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> Our, our, listen, I don't want to take too much of your time. Well, this is really fun. I'm having a great time. Are are the ongoing changes in the industry and, and challenges, are they at all discouraging to you? Or is is the past like 12 or 13 or however many years, ha has it made you more resilient? Um, you know, it's a, it's, there's times where this is, uh, I don't think it's, for any particular, or uh, there's a reason that a lot of 
people associated with, with creative endeavors are uh, more prone to being, you know, depressed or whatever. Mm. Um, and I, I think that's yeah. because it's, it can be bleak. Um, there right. isn't government assistance. There isn't uh, a lot in a lot of this conversation stems from us, like talking about the D value of, um, you know, music to, in certain formats yeah. and, there, there isn't a lot of money going around, you know, you're passing the hat and it just comes back to you and it's like, right. Why? <laughs> you know, there isn't just a safety net for artists or creatives. Um, in, uh, I don't know in, in most society, I mean, certainly not in capitalism. So, yeah. um, and in, it's harder to break through. You can feel like you're not connecting with any audience. Um, and there's times where I wake up and I'm like the most, hyped of all time to be running a record label and there's times where i'm like and these can be these can be sequential days yeah, you know, like yesterday know. and yes, today and like, yes. i'm like today's gonna be the best day of my life and tomorrow it's just like complete bullshit yeah i don't want to get out of bed i'm super bummed um totally. you know it's just and that can happen even hour to hour sure just, yeah i mean it's it's so that's so encouraging to hear from you Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it is. I, and I'm speaking for our listeners as well, because I, I, you're right. Creatives feel that all the time. And, you know, and someone, and I don't, I think of myself as generally a creative person, but I think of myself also more so as someone who represents creative people. And so, you yeah, know, I that's feel, good. you really feel it when the things, um, that's my daily notification to stand up and stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. It's one o'clock. Time to stretch. stretch <laughs> uh, so it's a uh, it's one of those things where you know when things don't go well, even not for you directly, but you experience that indirectly with the artist you're working for. And a lot of times it's just like you don't have a rhyme or reason. And I, I would say the landscape over the last you know decade or so since we ban a label, you know, I, at the start of us becoming a label was like the implosion of all the like independent distributors like yeah. lumberjack and everything that that set off and so right off the bat i just remember people being like that's so dumb uh, <laughs> what you, yeah right what are you doing and you know it seems like at every point of the way there's always something that's like what are you doing that for you know this <laughs> and, and i see it more as like okay this, there's a been a uh, just a full-on forest fire but now there's so much more room for like the light to reach the ground and new ideas to spring up from that. So when, yeah, when you, when you wake up uh, on the days where you're really discouraged, what do you tell yourself? Like what, what's your coping mechanism? Um, get off Twitter. Holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I, I logged, I've logged out. I make it hard for me to log in. And, um, yeah, like Get off call my mom when I'm like in a spot. Cause it's just like, she doesn't know anything about this. And she's just <laughs> talking about like, Oh, the dog's barking. I'm like, great. I love this. Uh, <laughs> she gives me an update on the that's, family and all of a sudden you like forgot all this yeah, other stuff. That's right, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> um, and then, you know, sort of just check in, send, you know, artists you work with a text or whatever, and just start talking about other things um, or like the positives that you know are on the horizon, but they That's don't right. feel super tangible right That's now. Right. Um, Cause yeah, it can be, I mean, it's been, we've overextended ourselves as a label in the 
not too distant past. And because, I mean, the entire history of our label was like year over year. It was like, wow, this is growing. This is growing. We're mm-hmm. seeing more money. We're able to do more. We're, and then until it like wasn't, you know, like yeah. obviously as a business, it's unsustainable to expect that you will be profitable more so than you were the year before for every year of your existence. And we just kind of were kind of green to that idea, I guess, where we're just like, oh yeah, this will like always do great. Uh-huh. And like the floor didn't fall out, but like there was a shift, I would say maybe like three, four years ago where, and it was just shit timing because uh, physical sales really declined. And I kind of read the room a little bit and, you know, reached out to some other labels um, and, you know, other labels that we had done collaborations with too, where I feel like I can ask them a little bit more like private personal things. Sure. Like, hey, uh, are y'all like experiencing this too? And like pretty much everyone was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Good to know that this isn't just us, but like people aren't buying shit anymore. Right. And, um, you know, I saw a few labels kind of just like throw it in and, mm-hmm um, that were, you know, the yeah. are good friends of mine. And, you know, it was sort of a, a little bit of a gut check of like, okay, is this what I want to do? Is this a new normal? Is this, and, you know, we navigated that and we're coming out the other side of it, but there was a while where it was like, okay, this is rough and this can suck. You know, mm-hmm. this isn't going to always be this like great thing, but you're, you're running a business and now we have employees and stuff. And so there's an extra layer wow. of just like, shit, this has to go. <laughs> I don't feel so terrible if like my actual friends, like I, you know, I need to like, yeah. So yeah. 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 Um, it just adds, I'm sure the same kind of mindset, obviously on a way different scale, but like when you have kids where you're just like, right, this isn't just me anymore. Oh, right. Um, That's right. Yeah. That's I need a good to point. feed you and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, there's an element of, you just worry that you're going to, let people down or whatever. And that can kind of eat at you. Mm. So, um, we've navigated it in a number of ways, but I think mostly it's just seeing something as like, Oh, that's a bummer that that's a trend right now. But then going like, well, if, if there's a trend, then there's, that means there's something new happening. That means there's a new mindset. There's a new approach to how people are going about things. And that means there's a new opportunity somewhere that we got to think of. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I think we've stayed afloat by keeping that aspect of it in mind and going like, okay, this sucks right now. But if we, you know, if we rest on this and we just sit here and like sulk about it, then it's going to obviously suck. But Mm -hmm. if we like recognize what problems this has created for us, and can like think of opportunities that we can create for ourselves to get out of this or like change the situation, then cool. So, yeah, well, it seems like, I mean, it's so great to hear that how full of ideas you are and, and, uh, it, it is a, a generally it can be a discouraging industry. And, uh, so to, <laughs> to be innovative, I think is a really hard thing to do. Yeah. I mean, cause a lot of things you just, yeah, I'll have ideas, but then, you know, when it comes to getting them off the ground, there's, and it's not just like me, you know, a lot of my peers have ideas. I, Jesse Frickett, father daughter is like one of the most thoughtful and thought provoking people I know. And she's like always hitting up people. She's trying to make collaborations happen and stuff. And just the, um, friction of so many other people, you know, collaborations yeah, sure, hard. It's sure. really hard. Yeah, that's right. Um, and 
you know, there's been times where I've felt like, geez, I'm holding this back. Um, <laughs> but it's like, you look at your own to-do list for all these other things that are like definitely superseding. And, you know, like I'm going to be letting people down if I don't get this, that, and the other thing done first. Yeah. And yeah. then you go to like, okay, let's talk about this like collaborative idea that Jesse had. And then, or that, you know, some like these just ideas other people have, and you don't have the time or energy to implement them because you have to deal with so much of like what the current state of things is. Mm. And so that ties into just like finances and whatever else. So, um, you know, it can be tough, but like right now we're just, uh, we're, things are good, That's uh, great. but it's, yeah, it's, it's more challenging to navigate, but um, when I do something like, and it goes well and like, that's where I get the wind in my sails yeah. where it's like, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And I, I've, I've heard people say that it's like fuel in your tank. Like it'll, it'll let you go for a couple more days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's great. I, mean, I, I coasted out of South by Southwest of all things with just, you know, I wasn't in the doldrums going into it, but I was, you know, we, it just put me in a, like a creative jet stream where I was like, oh, cool, great. I'm just seeing so many people putting on, you know, we put on a little bit of like outside the box showcase things. And, um, you know, you had to walk maybe like a mile outside of the shit to actually get to what we were doing. But like people came, it was really fun. It was a really that's cool collaborative experience and just seeing and connecting with people in, in, uh, in real time and in real meat space was just sort of like, really energizing. So that's the kind of stuff where yeah. you, if you can harness that, then you, that's, that's your fuel to like keep going with other things and remind yourself like, Oh yeah, there's like people behind all this. And you know, that matters. Listen, Kevin, I'm going to let you go. This has been an incredible conversation and I don't want to take any more of your time. And it's, I think we should do part two down the road because I feel like as you were talking just now, I feel like, man, there's more of your history and, and along the process, I feel like we didn't do. So, so maybe I'll get you back soon and we'll, we'll do another part two. But I just want to say that um, I don't get a chance to hear everybody's music as, as all of us don't because there's so much of it and you never know like which way you're leaning. Um, and I want to d dive more into your catalog, but I've always admired your label in the last couple of years, especially, um, and, and even while doing this show, just the way you guys operate your design aesthetic, um, your personality on Twitter is encouraging and funny. And I just think I, I love your label, even though I'm not like overly familiar with the catalog. I don't really care about music on this show. I just care about the labels. And, uh, so congrats. I just, I'm such a, a huge fan of your label. Scott, thank you for real. Um, it's two way street. I'm <laughs> yours is like the only podcast that I'm subscribed to on anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. great. That is awesome. Well, listen, thank you so much for doing this and, uh, let's stay in touch. And thank you everyone for listening. You can check out top shelf records by going to topshelfrecords.co, And you can also find them on Bandcamp at topshelfrecords.bandcamp.com. For more great advice, um, from these labels, some, really practical tips you can download our free guide by going to otherrecordlabels.com signing up and checking that out right away thank you so much for listening really appreciate it